Hi, I'm Neil Nix. After every live show, we find ourselves having intense post-show conversations. So for our subscribers, we decided to leave the record button on. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to listen to Truth, Lies, Shenanigans, the after show every Thursday evening. In our live show, season three, episode 12, our quick fire, we talked about sexual assault allegations against Trey Songs in Vegas and guns in the hands of children. Our spotlight guest was Luke Poole, talking about his shoe that grows into a tree. But we also had guest immunologist, Dr. Alain Samard, who discussed Omicron and answered questions from our live audience. We ran out of time, so on our after show, we talked more about Omicron with Dr. Samard after a brief discussion about Lizzie's Washington football team. So take a listen. Uh, no, uh-uh. See the game? I was shocked. I was like, y'all are going to Vegas to see these families? What? It was so crazy. But yeah, a lot of our high school friends are in Vegas right now for this game. That's that's kind of crazy. More I power to them. I, I, that's, that's a little crazy. <laughs> Atlanta's, it's like that in Atlanta every single day. There's always a game. There's always something going on. And I'm complaining because the traffic is disgusting and I'm tired of it. <laughs> I kind of wish I lived happened. in... Yeah. Yeah, our team Bad. is terrible. Like our team is terrible. <laughs> so I was kind of shocked that you know that all these people because I thought they, they were leading the NFC East. No, that's Dallas. No, 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 no. That's that's the Cowbamas are leading the NFC East. The but we won three in a row, and so based off of that, like after they won last weekend, everyone just started buying tickets for Vegas today. Like hell no. Interesting. For like the holidays, it's like the could be. Like I wonder, break. you know, I'm, I'm sure. Hopefully, they got some good rates on their hotels because my- Vegas can be expensive. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully, they got some good rates on their ho- and hopefully, again, Vegas is not a place that really you know does a lot of good social <laughs> distancing and wearing masks and so forth. So and there's a lot hopefully of everyone is inappropriateness. Safe. I mean, <laughs> literally. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just going back to Johnny's topic. I'm just going back to Johnny's topic. Oh, yeah. That's why I was confused. Because How it, do you get caught for sexual allegations in Vegas? Like the place girl, where all of that is kind of like not care. Predators do not care. They do not care. Yeah. But that was one thing I read because the original, the, the woman from 2018 was saying that she, the allegations were that he had inserted his fingers into her vagina. And, and that was, so then I'm thinking, because I was like, really? yeah, you know, he's in Vegas. He's at a strip club. Okay, well, I guess if you decided to dip a toe, uh, yeah, no, maybe someone might no. say, hey, dude, not cool, man. Not cool. I don't yes. know what you're thinking. Not cool. No sex in the champagne room. No sex in the champagne. No sex and fingering <laughs> in the champagne room. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about the champagne room. Yeah, I, I wouldn't know, man. <laughs> I like. <laughs> uh, sure, sure. Again, I've been to Vegas a thousand times. You gotta, you know, make set the rules. Set the rules. Set the. Rules. I've been to Vegas a few times. I've. Vegas. I really don't like Vegas. Johnny, have you been to Vegas? No, I was just going to... Remember I told you guys I wanted to move there because I thought it was cooler than Atlanta? Oh, that's right. Vegas. Yeah, yeah, it's right. definitely not cooler. Than, I mean, it might be cooler. It might be better it's just drier. drier. Yeah, the, it's the desert. You forget, Vegas is the desert. Like, those 100 yeah, degree temperatures are no joke. No okay. joke. No joke. All right. 
Dr. Alansamar, let's get back to these co- these questions. There was a lot of questions. Um, so one of the questions that Karen uh, Thompson had, she says, the vaccine and boosters are being promoted as if it's the only way to combat COVID. People are still getting COVID, various strains. Some people who are not vaccinated are practicing proper distance, wearing their masks, washing their hands, and focusing on their immune system by drinking eating healthy foods and taking vitamin C and D. Are you also promoting building your immune system? Great question. A um, couple of things here. I guess, uh, you know, I'll, I'll point out that, you know, vaccines aren't, you know, uh, advertised or promoted as the only way to, to combat uh, the, the pandemic, right? Um, I will say that it's uh, the most efficient, right? It's, it's the, the best protection that we can get. Um, but on its own, right? It's it's not gonna it's not bulletproof. It's not gonna guarantee that you're not gonna get COVID, right? So that's why you have to add layers of protection, right? So you've got the masks, you've got the uh, distancing. You can add the don't stay in you know indoors with someone that's coughing without a mask for two hours. Like you know you you, you can pile it on. One of the things that we and and I remember in one of my first interviews on the radio out here. Um, that we spoke about because at the time we didn't have the vaccine. We didn't know much about it. And yes, it's, it was all about, you know what your immune system is very much dependent on, on what you eat, how stressful you are. Right. So you have to have a good, uh, balanced life, right. It's about lifestyle. Um, and, and it can definitely help you have a better immune response. Again, it's not, it's not something that you can do on its own, on your own, on, on its own to be able to protect right. you against COVID, right? Um, but it can play a role for sure. This was a good question by Jacqueline Robinson. She says, are the current boosters <clears throat> effective against the Omicron variant? I mean, you, we probably don't know much about that at this point, but uh, will we need to keep getting boosters like every six months due to the mutations that mm-hmm. are going on? What do you think about that? Right. Yeah. Amazing questions. Um, yeah, you're right. We don't, we don't know right now how effective our current vaccines are against Omicron. Uh, that said, chances are that it will have some protection. Chances are that it's going to be slightly lower than uh, what we had with Delta, right? And this is based on uh, you know my immunological perspective and how viruses and vaccines work. So I would say that you know I, I'm not going to say for sure, but I would say that my guess is that yes, the vaccines and boosters are going to help against Omicron. What would be even better, however, is if uh, we could get some updated vaccines that take into account these new mutations, mm. right, in the vaccines themselves. And we know that Pfizer and Moderna are already working on it for Omicron. They're testing right now uh, the ones for Delta, right? Um, but it's going to take probably a couple of months before they can start uh, testing the <laughs> Omicron ones, right? But um, everything I was, that we I was have, reading that it doesn't take much because... This is a, you know, again, one of the reasons that people have some of the, one of the reasons that people have been worried about the vaccine is because it's a new way of doing vaccine. This is not how we've done vaccines in the past. It's completely new. So it's not a traditional vaccine. Um, So some people are scared because they feel, you know, of course you get all the people who go overboard talking about, you know, they're putting transmitters in our arms or whatever, but um with it being a, there's 5g in your vaccine <laughs> right <laughs> with it being a new way of doing it it's supposedly it's easier to manipulate the vaccine to make it more effective against 
the viruses or the mutations and the variations. Is that the case? How does that work? It is. I can literally go online on a website, right? And if I know what the sequence is of this Omicron variant, right? And, and in this case here, it's just, it's one protein that we're using. Um, it's only part of the genetic code of Omicron. So if you know that, you can literally order the mRNA and get it delivered to the lab, right? So that's essentially what Pfizer and Moderna are able to do. And then they package it into their vaccine and, and turn it into a vaccine, essentially. So that skips, you know, years of development uh, compared to the traditional vaccines where you had to actually grow the protein itself in chicken eggs. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, or, or you know, not always chicken eggs, but uh, that's one example or more traditional way of doing it. And that can take years to do it. Um, whereas in this case here, it's kind of like, think about it, think of it as a 3D printer for, for vaccines where it, it, it you know, cuts the, the production time or at least the, the research and, and, and all the pre-production stuff uh, down to quite a matter of weeks, right? Or months, a few months, uh, and then you have something ready. Especially considering how simple, like in reality, these vaccines are so much more simple. There's a lot less stuff in the vaccine compared to the uh, the traditional ones, or in a way, there should be less to worry about. Um, and they're more effective too. So there's just positives in my view. Karen Thompson says, uh, I respect that Dr. Samard mentions a layered approach because I don't usually hear that as often. Yeah, you don't. Mm -hmm. um, any other yeah, questions from anyone it, in the group? Oh, good. Good, Dr. I just want to say that, you know, that's, it's, it's super important, right? We've constantly driven home the message that if you wear a mask, you're protected. It's like, okay, a mask definitely helps, but it doesn't make you immune. It's, it's not the only thing that you can do. Um, and in reality, you'll never reach 100% protection unless you move to Antarctica alone. But... You know, but so there's always going to be a risk, and 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 what you want to do is add on those layers so that you can best protect yourselves and those around you, right? That's that's what we need to do, and it takes multiple layers to do this. Anyone else from the panel have do a question? You, I have a question. Does right. um does immunologists uh, predict future viruses? Like, would you would you guys be able to see if there are more variants that will come out um that are like the Omicron, but like can they get worse? I know we talked about um how they can react differently already. Yeah, we can't really predict, right? Because mutations in these, in these variants are completely random, right? It's not something okay. where the virus, you know, it, it's not sentient. It's not telling itself, oh, I need to start, you know, immune, the immune system where they, they made a vaccine against this part of my protein. So I need to go and change that specifically to evade. Oh, it I doesn't see. think that way. It's just something that it, it happens. And then by, you know, natural selection, the ones that manage to have an advantage against the vaccine, for example, or becomes more contagious, more transmittable, um, then those have an advantage. So they're the ones that are going to survive and they're going to become predominant, right? So that's, it's, it's purely random and there's no, absolutely no way of predicting it other than saying that, yes, we will get more variants, um, you know, unless we figure out a way to find a vaccine that is 100% effective and that everybody gets vaccinated so that we can eliminate this virus. I mean, we'll, it, we're, we're bound to get more and more variants. But then again, that's, you know, leads into the question from Liz, well, then what's the point? 
Well, the point is, is that the more that we're vaccinated and the more that we're able to fight this various and prevent it from going from one person to the other, the more we're going to reduce how often and how fast new variants are going to appear, right? Because these variants appear not, you know, out of thin air. They appear when a virus is able to reproduce itself inside our body. So if we can prevent that, then we slow down how how often we'll have new variants. So that's why it's another you know point why we need to uh, to keep the messaging up and and get people vaccinated and you know wear protect yourselves when whenever you can. One of the things that people don't understand is that medicine and science it's organic, like it's it's ever evolving, always changing. They think if you yeah. say something is happening today and this is what we need to do, that that's it. That's the standard. That's how things go versus a virus. Like I keep telling people like the flu shot that I got this year is not the same flu shot that I got four years ago. Like viruses mutate. These things change. That's a part of life. And for me, I, you know, I got my booster two weeks ago. It was a little rough the first two days, but I'm happy to get it. I am a type one diabetic. I'm immunocompromised. I take at least six shots a day. So just me personally, I get angry at people who are upset about getting one shot Mm -hmm. because I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you know what my life is like every day? I am constantly getting stuck with needles to survive. And that's just for me. I'm not contagious as a diabetic, but with this, this virus, we are all contagious if we have it. So if you can get a shot to help, like, alleviate some of that um, being contagious and getting out to other people, why wouldn't you do it? Like, I don't under, I I will never understand that. And then I'm sure as an immunologist, you are often (laughs) upset by all of the internet doctors and scientists or whatever, who just come up with all of these theories. And I'm like, I don't, like, I would never, if you are pregnant and you are about to have a baby, do you go to the internet to figure out how to give birth? Your story, I, um, <laughs> this week, we had a flat tire. So I'm in there and, you know, I go into the little room and put my mask on. I said, I got to wear my mask. My, ma- my wife would get mad at me because he was maskless. I got to wear my mask. My wife would get mad at me. And so he's like, yeah, man, I don't do it. I don't do it. He, he was uh, Hispanic, but not. I don't mean to be doing <laughs> the accent, but anyway, but he was saying, nah, man, you know, I, I got, I got uh, done twice. I'm, I'm not going to do it again. They, they don't know what they're doing with these things. They don't, you know, they, now they're asking me that's to do a third one. And I'm like, dude, you don't get it. That's not, that's how, not how it works. Right. <laughs> it's like, I think there's a lack of education, but it speaks to that. There's a lack of education. Very much so. People just yeah. simply need to be better educated on how vaccines work. I mean, I think, Having someone like Dr. Lensamar come on and explain some things helps. But I think there needs to be better stuff from the government on simplifying what vaccines, how vaccines help. I just want to take it to a different step. I want to circle back to some stuff that's happening um, in the EU, specifically Austria and Germany. So populations that have lost control of the, the rates, if they're fighting a losing battle, or at least it's not going well for them. And now starting with local lockdowns for the unvaccinated. Now, I know that when we discussed this as a panel, people were like, oh, you know, we'll never see, you'll never be able to implement something like that in North America. But if things got 
bad enough. Do you think that then at the governments would get involved with their military forces in order to impose a lockdown? Like if things got really bad, and I, well, would you say that public health would win over would win over public opinion? Oh, that's a tough one, Rob. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't say that I know those countries enough, right? I'm I'm only familiar with what we do here. I know that would never never fly here. I wouldn't expect <laughs> that anyways. <laughs> I fly here. Certainly wouldn't fly here. Um, no. Protests. So <laughs> crazy. But you know, in, in all all in all honesty, I don't know. Um part of me says that hopefully something like that's not gonna happen. You know, whenever you involve the military, I mean then then you're escalating that to like such another level that it's it's unfathomable. And and then you're only gonna give ammunition to <laughs> to the people that are already mm-hmm. fighting for their, you know, or saying that their their rights are being breached, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I'd be very careful, and I hope that they don't, uh, they wouldn't go down that route. Um, you know, having mandates, though, where, yeah, you can't go to the restaurant if you're not fully vaccinated. Um, you know, you're not, all you're doing here is you're, you're removing non-essential activities that people want to do but no longer can. Uh, that I'm for, right? I think that it's a good way of encouraging people to uh, to get the vaccine, right? Because uh, we have to remember here, people talk about their rights. And sure, you know, I always say, yes, you have a right to refuse the vaccine. You do. Mm-hmm. But that right stops when all of a sudden you're putting someone else's life in danger. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? And you're just going so out then- willy-nilly, yep. If, if people say, hey, you know, well, I should be able to go to the restaurant or, or pick whatever example you want, right? And it's like, well, no, because you're putting everybody else's life in danger. So you no longer have a right to come here, right? Absolutely. So you have to face the consequences of your actions. And and I fully support support those those kinds of mandates for sure. Uh, and I, But I, I do think that that's kind of like where, as far as, as it can go, you know, unless it, you know, but then again, Take example, like as kids, we all got vaccinated and you couldn't go to school, which is an essential service, right? You have to, if you're not vaccinated. Absolutely. So so again, it falls down there. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Right. Because otherwise, I mean, you know, if you look at uh, those, those population growth rate charts from over the last, you know, hundreds of years, take a look at kids, how many kids survived before vaccines, right? It's, uh, it's, it's. Pretty surprising, you know, how That's many kids would die. Whereas now, Listen, I hadn't even thought to reference that. Yeah, that is my my dad. So my dad, when I was born, my dad was fifty four. My dad was born in nineteen twenty. Um, so he was a part of a different generation. However, I'm named after his sister, Elizabeth Eleanor. She died when she was fifteen years old of the whooping cough before uh-huh. the vaccination for the whooping cough. So I have a history of the awful effects of not being vaccinated and not because you didn't want to be. It just wasn't available at that time. But I think to Rob's question, I think a lot of people forget that the United States, more so than Canada even, is different than these other smaller countries in Europe because we're talking about a bigger population. It's easier to mandate things for Austria or Germany than it is for Mm -hmm. the U.S., where we're a population of over 340 million people. And you see what's been happening here, just asking people or having mask mandates. 
Which and is everyone's like going crazy or whatever. Imagine if there was an overall government mandate where we are threatening for the military, like it would be total civil unrest. Yeah. And so that yeah. would be oh, even yeah. more of a threat than the actual virus. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what, if that were to happen, I don't even know where we would be in this country because you have a lot of people who are just emphatically like, hell no, we will fight to the death. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So there's some comments online. Sherry Blaine priest is watching. Uh, She says, unfortunately, not all establishments are enforcing proof of vaccination in some parts. George Fournier says makes no sense to prevent people that are not vaccinated to enter restaurants when the staff at restaurants don't need to be vaccinated. My camera mm-hmm. went out again. Depends on the restaurant. Yeah, your camera yeah. went out. I don't know what's going on. All right, I'm gonna. You don't want to see your face. Well, you can still hear me, so that's all that's important. We're <laughs> <laughs> putting it on the podcast. But there's one last question. Looking. I just want to make sure we get this in. So there's a new oral pill known as Molnupiravir. I think I'm saying it right. That is a treatment for COVID. Once you've been infected, the drug works by causing changes in genetic material known as mutagen, <laughs> similar to chemotherapy drugs. But from what I understand, Ooh. it modifies the genetic material of the virus, causing it to weaken as it replicates. Now, the concerns were that it, one, could cause mutations in human DNA, which could lead to cancer or cancers, uh, and then two, potential birth defects, and three, it could possibly create new variants and mutations in COVID itself. Am I understanding Ooh. this correctly? And what are your thoughts on using this method uh, to treat the infection? Yeah. So I'll start off by saying that this, uh, this, this strategy of, of a drug, right, is, some, is very similar to what we're using against HIV, okay? Mm. So it is a strategy that, um, that works well against, uh, against some types of viruses. Now, the way that it works essentially is that, like, in order to survive, right, a virus needs to make millions and millions and millions of copies of itself inside your body, right? So in order to do that, it has to essentially copy its genetic material, millions and millions of times, right? Um, and it's kind of like, uh, you know, think of a chain where you have to add a new link to the chain to make your RNA, and then that gets packaged into a virus, and then you, you keep on doing that over and over. Um, but you can't use any link of the chain. It has to be, you know, exactly the right size, and you have to be able to then attach the next one. So what these drugs do, essentially, is they provide a mimic of a link that's not quite the same, but that the virus doesn't know the difference. So it's going to take that, that altered link, add it to the chain, but then all of a sudden can't add anything else because it doesn't have what would be necessary to attach the next one. Mm-hmm. All right. So it's not that it causes mutations within, um, within the virus. It's more that it stops it from being able to replicate. Got it. Uh, it's not going to, you know, but again, right? No drug works to 100%. Of course. Right? So some copies, yes, you could get some mutations. But generally speaking, and that's another thing that you have to keep in mind, that mutations happen way more often than we think. It's just that right. most of the time, yep. they lead yep. to a non-functional virus. So that virus is not going to go anywhere because it's dead, essentially. Right? Yep. Only very few of them will lead to a, a virus that's still going to be alive. And then even fewer are going to lead to a virus that's going to be better at some at doing what it does, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, And and again, if you the the key to preventing having variants in the first place is to stop this virus from replicating. So these drugs, I would argue, are going to help have fewer variants, not create more. Okay. Interesting. Very cool. All right. 
Unfortunately, we are out of time, Dr. Lynn Samard. I mean, I love having you on. I, I feel like I got, a, <laughs> I got a lesson today. I learned so much, and I know, I know a lot of people got a lot of questions answered. So, I'll yes, and I love being, I love being on the show. You're all fantastic people. Oh yeah, we, we're gonna Thank we're you, gonna man. we're gonna bring you back more. So, because uh, you're you're awesome, we should bring you back as a yeah. co-host. Absolutely, yeah, that would be. That would be fun. But not about a medical would... subject. A co-host about just like Ooh. pop culture. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, that would be <laughs> interesting. I would say that almost everything that you talk about on the show, like it's something that I find. Oh, good. Oh, you could about, speak right? on. Right? Yeah. Like the the guns, right? So, mm. and then just doing, yeah. you know, uh, discrimination or anti-discrimination, I should say, right? Like all those topics are all stuff that really gets to me. the pop culture though i don't know anything about that so you don't know trey songs so you know. <laughs> yeah, no, so, I, don't I don't know trey songs either i don't know trey songs either <laughs> so me and gianni are the only one who knows trey songs trey songs so, so bad i would only know trey songs because my wife likes him or likes some of his music at least come on now you guys come don't want to know him. Him. better come on uh, yeah, I, I only know trey songs because anything. of johnny <laughs> all right thank you again and thank you thank all you so much you guys were fantastic today so thanks again and we will see you guys next time it's the show